Get out of here with them weak weak ass shoes, yo. To another episode of Balls Deep with Devin and Javon. I'm Javon. I'm here with my co-host Devin. Uh, we're gonna jump right into this episode. Uh, this episode, we're gonna be talking some NBA basketball. Uh, very clearly, everybody that is following, uh, we know that the NBA playoffs are currently going on. Um, we just finished the uh, conference semis. We're in the conference finals right now. Um, so. Just to jump right into it, the Suns against the Nuggets. We had the Suns and the Nuggets in the in the semi conference finals. Um, obviously, the Suns came out and just uh, balled. They swept the Nuggets in four. Uh, what would you see from the series? Would this series make you think about the rest of the playoffs? And um, and where do you think the Nuggets kind of go from here? Well, we we didn't get to talk about the the second round prior yeah. on the on the podcast prior. Uh, to it happening, although we did predict the first round, uh, but we did talk about the playoffs off camera. Uh, so when when the Suns beat the Lakers in the first round, they it wasn't it was a mixture of both. Like the Suns were hitting on all cylinders, they were looking like they couldn't miss, and the Lakers had dealt with injuries and they just couldn't buy a basket to save their life. So when the Suns beat the Lakers, I came out and said that the Suns were winning it all, and I was rooting for them just yeah. because. You know, Monty and CP, I'm rooting for them to get their first ring. Monty, with everything he's been through with his wife, uh, and then CP, just, he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. He's just missing a ring. And then Devin Booker's my second favorite player in the league currently. So, uh, just rooting for them in general. But I think truly with the talent and the way that they've been playing, they could truly win it all. And I had that prediction even when when the Nets were still in the playoffs. So, with that being said, they literally carried that play against the Lakers and brought it in, into the second round. They were hitting on all cylinders. CP3 was, you know, playing that X factor in the, especially in the second half of uh, games in the clutch or even the coming out of halftime in the third quarter uh, when they needed him most. Devin Booker has just been waiting for the stage. He's been waiting for the stage. I think you mentioned it. He was like. Uh, he just needed CP3 and Monty to bring him to the playoffs, uh, and then he, he took over. Uh, so the dude is phenomenal. I'm happy for him, and he's balling out. I mean, only the only thing that surprised me about this series was that they finished them in four. I truly thought the Nuggets would have put up a bigger fight than they did. Uh, they possibly could have took a game if Jokic never got ejected in game four uh, for the flagrant follow that they gave him. But especially because people, a lot of people complain because he was an MVP. He was MVP, and they're like, you don't eject the MVP uh, in a big game like this. The refs, yada yada. Like the refs are the refs. They they seem to want to have more of an influence on games than they should. But regardless, the, the the Suns were coming out of the series, whether it had been four or five, doesn't matter. They were they were winning. They just seem to have the Nuggets number. Aaron Gordon just couldn't get it going. Uh, and a big part of it was Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne's 
rejuvenated his career. He's coming off the bench, giving them a spark that they they absolutely need. Uh, Aiton is playing a great two-way basketball. Uh, Michael Bridges is giving them a spark as well. Jay Crowder is the unsung hero. We've seen the defense. Although LeBron wasn't 100%, he seemed to slow him down uh, and just by being physical and just being present. And I don't know what's good with him, but he seems to be on every time. Every, he's on the team that seems to just make it a, a far run. Like he was on the Celtics when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. He was on the Heat last year when they made the Finals. And now he's on the Suns. So he seems to just find his way or be in, in the right place at the right time. So uh, this year against the Nuggets, he played big against Aaron Gordon. Um, in this series, in the Western Conference Finals, I know we're going to get into it, but he's been getting physical with, with the players and, it's, you know, coming in handy for them. Now, for sure. And um, I think really the biggest thing that I've, I saw in the Nuggets series, uh, in the Suns series, is like you kind of mentioned it. I mean, you mentioned all the players that are kind of getting it done. You know what I mean? You got not only just Booker, but you got A.N. You know, you got you – got, I think the Suns are just playing better team basketball right now, whereas it seemed like the Nuggets were relying more on just a few players to try and get it done. Um, and especially, like you said, when you got a player like Jokic who gets, you know, ejected uh, so early in the game and you got the Suns who just been playing phenomenal. Um, you know what I mean? Like everybody on their team is contributing um, and they're playing team basketball. Um, and I forget who said it recently, but, um, you know, he said basically the Suns are are playing different than anybody right now because NBA the NBA you know basketball kind of transition into positionless basketball whereas the Suns aren't playing like that right now you know what I mean everybody has an assignment they know their assignment and they're getting the job done you know what I mean Jay Crowder's hitting his shots Cameron Payne looks like a whole different player like he's kind of doing really everything on the court uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker very clearly is just playing out of his mind. Um, so, you know, I just think it's kind of it's written on the wall. I mean, the Suns are just playing some of the best basketball of any team, period, um, uh, in these playoffs, and, and it shows. Um, and I think that's the big reason for the reason they made it this far, and I think that's the big reason for my opinion. Uh, you know, we'll probably get there in this conversation eventually, but in my opinion, I think they're going to end up taking the whole thing. Uh, because they're just playing better team basketball than anybody. So, yeah, and, and I I want to give kudos to um, Monty. Monty, he seems to have turned this team around prior to CP3 even showing up. Like we talked about this on this po- on the podcast when we talked about the bubble. Like the Suns look like a totally different team in the bubble than they did prior to the bubble. And then since that, since the bubble, they've just been on fire. And they've been playing at a high level. They've been playing like a championship team. And then they just, since the season started, they just added uh, better personnel. And it just helped them execute their goals uh, and what they were already doing at a higher level. Like, they ended up being the second seed in the Western Conference. Uh, and now they're, they beat the, the defending champions in the first round, whether they were hobbled or not. You can't take that away from them. Then you, then they beat the Nuggets, who also were in the West in the Western Conference Finals last year. Whether they're hobbled or not, they did miss Jamal Murray. I'm not saying they didn't, but they they 
they outplayed both teams, and it's it was it wasn't even a question. Like they've just been playing amazing, amazing basketball. Like you said, they've been playing phenomenal team basketball, and I don't see any other team that's remaining uh, playing on their level at the moment. And we'll get more into it when we make our predictions. But uh, yeah, right, shout out to to Monty. He definitely deserves his his credit. Definitely. I mean, he definitely deserves credit. I mean, another thing, and you kind of mentioned it, is the health. I mean, out of all the teams remaining, they're probably the healthiest team on top of the fact that they are playing the best team basketball. Obviously, Chris Paul is out, yeah, which is huge. It but sucks. Yeah, yeah, which sucks. Um, but they are one of the healthier teams aside from maybe the Bucks, um, and and they're just playing, you know, the best team basketball. Because, again, like you, like you and I both said, you know, Aiden, you got Bridges, you got Payne, you got – all these guys yeah. who are contributing and doing what they need to do, whereas all these other teams and even the Bucks are just kind of relying on, you know, two or three guys, sometimes not even that, to try and, you know, carry the load. And, and once you get deep in these playoffs, especially with – I mean, we saw it. I mean, we saw it in the, in the Nets, Nets Bucks series at the end. Like, you know, KD, Harden, uh, Giannis playing 50 – 50 minutes like 50 plus minutes yeah, in the game they're like they're exhausted especially in a seven game series so um the fact that the the you know the Suns are able to get the job done or they were able to do it so quickly I mean they're just rusted right now uh they're as healthy as they really could be obviously like I said Chris Paul's not there uh and they're just playing phenomenal team basketball everything is just hitting for them right now so it's kind of perfect time but, but can we can we talk about how CP3 was like Injured against the Lakers, and then he all of a sudden yeah. turned it up and is not injured anymore. But the only reason, only reason why he's missing time right now is COVID protocol. But if it wasn't for COVID protocol, he would be on the court playing at a high level. So, yeah. how serious was his injury? Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he was injured. I think he was more hurt. So I, I like, I'm not saying that he faked the injury, but it, yeah. but it, it's just crazy how he just was able to just turn turn it off like. A switch, like or not turn off, yeah. turn it well, on, no, like a switch. That's very, very true. But at the same time, I mean, Chris Paul has probably one of the highest IQs we've ever seen in basketball. Um, so at the same time, like he knows what he needs to do, uh, even when it's not scoring a basketball. Even you know, regardless of what it is, he needs to get done. He's gonna get it done. Um, and that's, I mean, he kind of, I mean, that's that. You know, more credit to him. He just makes it look easy. But I agree. I don't think he was completely injured. I think he was uh, selling it a little bit, milking it a bit. I don't think he was completely injured. I do think he was hurt, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. But, but you talk you talk about how his IQ, and a lot of the the players on the Suns currently are talking about his IQ and and how uh, much influence he has on the game plan, even when he's not present, uh, whether that be on the court or in the locker room in general. Uh, just because right now they're playing without him, and he, he's make sure to be on uh, FaceTime on on the call on the phone. Uh, with the team in their team meetings, uh, give you know the team pointers in what to do and what not to do. Like he's truly the leader. Like they said, he's he's been there, he's done that. So they're just following his lead, and his they say his communication is phenomenal. Uh, and so they truly just listen with a with an open mind, and uh, it is just crazy. Like just off of game one alone, like. They finished the game, and Devin Booker and Ian were walking into the locker room on FaceTime with Chris Paul. Uh, so it's, no, one hundred percent. And there was even reports uh, from Drake Crowder saying that uh, 
Chris Paul's brother was actually in attendance and was uh, giving them pointers directly from Chris Paul, who was <laughs> on the phone. So, I mean, it, it it goes to show you like how much, like how much he cares about his team, uh, his leadership. I mean, his just his IQ. Like these guys are want to hear what he has to say, uh, regardless of what he when he like whether or not he's in the arena. Um, he's impacting their his team in a positive manner. Yeah, and just and just like the Suns, uh, they're missing. Just like the Suns missing Chris Paul and uh, a star player in Chris Paul, the Clippers, who they are facing in the Western Conference Finals, are missing a star in Kawhi Leonard as well. Um, they were, were able to finish the Utah Jazz, the number one seed, in six games, uh, but unfortunately, they had to do it without Kawhi Leonard, who tore who I believe it's confirmed he tore his ACL. So it, it's sad to hear. Obviously, you don't want to hear injuries. As a Laker fan, I don't want to see the Clippers win uh, in general, but you don't want to see a player get hurt, like, especially someone like Kawhi Leonard, who's we've already seen come back from injury uh, and and already you know overcome adversity. So it, it sucks to see a player get hurt, uh, um, but I'm pretty sure he'll be able to bounce back. Yeah, just like he did last time and uh, perform at a high level. So, uh, best of luck. You know, I, I w- we both wish him a quick recovery uh, at that. But the the show must go on. And Paul George, they they were clowning him saying pandemic P, pandemic P. And he showed up for them when uh, they needed him most. And they they were able to advance past the Jazz. So, before we talk about the Western Conference Finals... Do you want to talk about uh, the the series between the Clippers and the the Jazz? No, yeah, def. I mean, um, it's very clear. To, like, it's clear to me that I feel like I feel like there's only so much uh, Rudy Gobert can do, and I think that's why it's so tough for the Jazz to kind of advance. And I mean, obviously, not that they didn't advance, but I just think that's why it's so difficult for the Jazz to kind of really make noise in the playoffs. I think. Like, when I watch Rudy Gobert, I just feel like he's hit his ceiling. Um, he's, like, just below, in my opinion, like, like he's a star player. But I don't think in any, by any means he's a superstar uh, uh, big man. And I think, really, that's that's the biggest issue for the Jazz. I mean, Donovan Mitchell can clearly play out of his mind. Uh, but when you're talking about having, like, a big two or even a big three, uh, or if you have a big three, I think Gobert is fine. But I think... When you only have those two players and you're kind of facing a stacked team like you are, um, the Clippers, or not a stacked team, but, you know, they have, you know, a lot of depth on that team. Um, and maybe they haven't played as good um, as a unit lately, uh, but they do have that depth. But I think for me it's just hard because I think it's hard for me to envision uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell alone kind of making too, that much noise in the playoffs. And I think that's really the biggest um the biggest takeaway that I got from that series. Um, I just, I just, Rudy Gobert, just, he can't take you there. Um, I think that's what's so hard about it. Um, I think, you know, Paul George did a great job. Um, I was happy to see that he kind of uh, was able to take the reins and take over and, and win them some ball games. But at the same time, uh, I got to see him do it against the Suns as well because I've said it to you and I'm pretty I might have even said it on this podcast before like I don't think he's been that guy since his Indiana days like you know what I mean like he's still a good player he's one of the best two-way players in the game but he's not that guy anymore. you know what I mean like um 
he hasn't been that guy since he faced LeBron in, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but with that being said, like, it's hard for me to really envision him getting past the Suns. Like, I, I, I could go as far as saying I think the Suns will sweep this series too. Um, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was a great series, but it's just – it's hard for me to see these guys. Like, they're very talented players, but they can't take you to that next level. Like, they're playing good, good, you know, level of basketball, but they're not playing great. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest issue in terms of – I think that's the issue that Jazz had uh, against the Clippers, and I think that's the same issue the Clippers are going to have against the Suns. Yeah, so in regards to this, this, the Jazz-Clippers series, I just feel like the Quinn Snyder was outcoached by Ty Lue. And I think that was the difference, whether Kawhi was present or, or he wasn't. And the re- main reason why I say that is just look at Game 6. The Jazz came out, guns blazing, couldn't miss a basket in the first half. Come second half, the Clippers came back, and they not only just came back, they they won and ended the series like it, it was no tomorrow. And that's credit to Ty Lue. Ty Lue is making the adjustments that he he needs. And Rudy Gobert didn't look good at all in Game Six. And you talked about him already hitting his ceiling. I I, I tend to agree. He he wouldn't be a bad third option. But to be a second option on a championship team, I don't see it. Um, but it, he just was exposed. And it's not like he can't protect the rim because he's a really good rim protector, but rim protecting isn't everything. And the, and the Clippers exposed it big time because they they left him on an island. They they were spreading the floor, um, and they were hitting their corner threes. So they are hitting their shots, but they were make, they were leaving him with a decision to leave, leave the, the paint or go defend the, the corner three, and he just made the wrong decision, and they were exposing it. The best decision that they could have made would have been to go small ball. Um, Jordan Clarkson was hitting his shots. They could have had him on the court with, you know, Donovan Mitchell. They could have had Bogdanovich. Uh, Royce O'Neal could have been the, the small ball five, uh, and Joe Ingles. Like they 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 could have they could have made made it happen. Uh, I I think, but the. The issue was that they were outcoached. So credit to Ty Lue. He definitely outcoached uh, Quinn Snyder. And people even joked around and compared the, this year's Jazz team to the Hawks team that got the first seed in the Eastern Conference years back with Al Horford uh, and uh, Jeff Teague in them. But it, I, it, it just, I, it just is mind-boggling because although they outcoached Quinn Snyder and the Jazz, I I agree with you. I don't see them out coaching Monty Williams and the Suns. And if I had, I know they mentioned this on first take before. Like, what's what team needs their star more? Do the Clippers need Kawhi more, or do the Suns need CP3 more in this series? And I think they the Clippers need Kawhi more, and especially after watching Game One, um, the, how well the Suns performed. Uh, Without Chris Paul and how high of a level Devin Booker is playing, he's playing out of his fucking mind. Like, they need Kawhi just to fucking guard this man because if not, they're in trouble. So I can see the sweep. I'm not going yeah, as far as 100%. you and saying it's going to be a sweep. I could see it going like five games, a gentleman sweep. Yeah. But I don't. I wouldn't go as far as saying a, a sweep. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree, and and like I said, I could see them sweeping. Hundred percent, I could see that. Um, but I do think it'll end in five. I definitely can see uh, the Clippers at least winning a game. They're too good a team not to. I'll be surprised if they don't. 
like I said, I, I definitely could see the sweep happening, though. Um, but with that being said, I mean, 100%, I just, like you said, I mean, the Jazz were exposed. Rudy Gobert, aside from rim protecting, he just doesn't put the, he doesn't put fear in anybody's heart outside of, you know, being able to rim protect. Um, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's he, he's not going out there and, and, you know, giving you buckets every night. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's a great defender. I mean, uh, defensive player of the year. He's been he's been nominated plenty of times. I'm pretty sure he's, he's won one. So, uh, you know, the defense is there. But he's just a great rim protector at the same time. Like, he's he's never really going out there and, and you know, and guarding outside the perimeter. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not going out there and doing all this, all these things. So that's why I feel like it's so hard to – not that they don't have a talented team. Like, you mentioned a few of the guys that they have. You know what I mean? Like, the Joe Ingles of the world and, st- and such. But you're not going to win games when your only two stars is superstar Donovan Mitchell and, you know, your your star rim protector uh, big man. It's yeah. just you need more out of them. Yeah, so I, I had the Jazz winning the series. So – it was surprising to see the Clippers. I know they were starting to hit stride at the end of the Mavericks series, uh, and they started, and they were hitting stride at the perfect time. But then the Kawhi Leonard injury happened, and when the Kawhi uh, Leonard injury happened, I believe the series was tied two two. So I thought it was over. I was like, oh, like Paul George, even if he steps up, um, I I just don't think it'll be enough. But the role players stepped up. They did what they had to do to get the series done. And in game one against the Suns, Paul George showed up. But the role players didn't do enough to win that game. The, they basically were outplayed by the Suns role players. And I and that's exactly how I see the series uh, panning out. I, I think Paul George will show up. Um, but I don't think the role players will do enough to win them the series. It might They might do enough to win them a game or two. But I don't see them... I don't see this game going seven. And I don't see uh, this series going in the Clippers' favor. And as a Lakers fan, I'm rooting against them. So, <laughs> out, of, out of the four teams remaining, I, 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 let's, let me put it like this. I'm happy with the, the four teams remaining because we're going to see a fresh face um, win it. And I think Isaiah mentioned it. Like, this is where legacies are built. Like, someone's going to create their own legacy this, um, this playoffs. But... I think it's Devin Booker. Oh, I, I think so, too. But... I, I'm no. just the Clippers are the one team that I don't want to see out of the four remaining win, yeah. and that's just because you know they're the Lakers. Yeah, the LA <laughs> yeah, the, I could see it. Um, but speaking of the Suns a little bit, I just wanted to know. Uh, I had a question for you, um, and how you feel. Like obviously, you being a huge Kobe fan, I am as well. Um, how you feel about uh, Stephen A. Smith? Uh, comparing Devin Booker to Kobe Bryant, basically, and saying he's the next Kobe Bryant. Um. Well, Devin Booker is my second favorite player in the league. Yeah. It, it, it's for <laughs> a reason. So Kobe ment- yeah. Kobe mentored him uh, very closely. Uh, it's before before he passed, and I'm and I'm pretty sure he's seen a lot of himself in Devin Booker. Uh, Stephen A. Smith did say that. Uh, Offensively, he's the next Kobe Bryant. I don't. I don't think overall he is. Just because I, although he's stepping up defensively, I don't think he's the defensive player that Kobe is. But the two players that I can see Kobe in is Booker and Tatum. Like those are the two that I feel like emulate Kobe the most in the league currently. And um, so I'm not 
opposed or I'm not disagreeing with with Stephen A. Because similar to Kobe, Booker can do it all offensively. I think the only thing that might work against him in that comparison is his the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's where Tatum probably relates more to Kobe than Booker. But offensively, the dude is can do it all, and that's exactly why he's my second favorite player in the league. The dude is a stud. No, I mean, he's, I agree. I mean, you definitely see parts of Kobe in his game. Um, clearly, I mean, a lot of these dudes that he mentored, I mean, Kyrie, Jason Tatum, uh, Devin Booker, a lot of people in the league who, you know, uh, emulate a lot of their game after Kobe Bryant. He was obviously very influential. Yeah. Um, the issue I take with it is, like, I just hate I just hate it. Like, I hate, you know, next Kobe Bryant. Like, just let Devin Booker be Devin oh, Booker. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, what, that's what really bothers me about uh, the comparisons, and that's why I asked you. Uh, I just wanted to know how you felt oh, about it because yeah. it's not necessarily that it bothers me he's comparing him to Kobe Bryant. But it's in the same sense, like him saying Donovan Mitchell Mitchell's the best jazz player ever. It's like, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's already a superstar, as is Devin let, Booker. Let him um, play out but we'll have, but yeah, let them play out their career. Let them build a legacy before we start handing out these titles yep. of, you know, next Kobe Bryant, um, next, you know, best jazz player ever. Like, out, he's a, he's a superstar, no doubt. But what has Donovan Mitchell done for the Jazz to to say that he's the best jazz player ever already? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I mean, just let these guys. I mean, I agree. That's I agree the only with issue you. I take. I agree with you on that aspect. Like yeah. when you asked me, I thought it was like, how do you feel about him comparing? No, at, like, do you feel like it's disrespect, or do you see the comparison? Like, yes, I I could definitely see the comparison, but I do agree with making the comparison isn't no. the the brightest move, and I hate the media when they do this because that was a big part of why I dislike LeBron as a player when he entered the league, like. He was. They were like, "Oh, he's the next great player." Uh, they were giving him a, um, or they're putting him on a pedestal, and immediately comparing him to Jordan. Uh, he kind of put it on himself with wearing number twenty three, but he did it because Jordan was his favorite player. Like, it, it, he was. He wasn't the first one to wear number twenty three. So it, it's just like they were. They were making the comparisons as soon as he walked into the league, and to this day, they're they're comparing him to Jordan. And yeah. the dude's career is not over. So like, yeah. wait till his career's over to compare him to a, a legend. Like he's still like performing at a great level, and he's still finishing his career. As in this case with Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, they're just starting their careers, and they're they're just hitting their stride. They're just hitting their peak. Like just let let them build their legacy before you go ahead and and, and make the comparison. But I can I can yeah. definitely see and the comparison though. For sure. Yeah. I don't necessarily hate it either. I definitely see the comparison. I just when you when you word it like oh the next Kobe Bryant, it's like dude, like let this guy build his own name, let him build his own legacy. Like who's to say Devin Booker isn't and doesn't end up greater than Kobe yeah. Bryant? You know, like I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And and it's the same comparison they made with Ben Simmons being the next LeBron James, and then we've kind of <laughs> seen how that played out a few years later. Obviously, there's still time for him to turn it around, but even if he does, um. I think just even if he were to turn his career around from here and have you know a superstar career and just be all time great, mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's already kind of. Uh, I think it's already you know kind of taken a little bit of a a hit just to, just due to the fact that you know his career started out the way it did. I, so. I mean, since you mentioned it, we could move on and talk about the Sixer series, <laughs> but um, before we go, I I just want to say uh, like who's to say that one day we don't say the who's the next uh, 
Devin Booker. So, oh, like, like you said, yeah. Devin Booker could end up better than Kobe Bryant. Not saying that he will be, but it, it's, it's, will. it's very much possible. <laughs> so, uh, But with that being said, we can move on because you did talk about Ben Simmons and what happened with him. Uh, the Sixers were knocked off by the Hawks of all teams, uh, and they finished. the Hawks finished them in seven. So my question to you, who do you blame most on this series loss? Like, like in ter- for the Sixers, like who who's to blame the most? Ben Simmons, in my opinion. I mean, you can't you can't be um, that guy. Like, like I'm not saying he's the second option or even third option, but you can't be a, a star player of that caliber and be afraid to shoot the ball. You can't go out there and score, what was it, nine points in three games? Uh, like, that's insane. I mean, the Sixers have a lot to fi- – not a lot to figure out. They don't have a ton to figure out. They have stuff to figure out. But I think it's clearly – it's clear as day it is Ben Simmons. But I think also, like, as a team, they got to hold their, themselves accountable. Um, like, if if they never blew that lead, and I believe it was, what, game five – um, we aren't talking about this at all. It doesn't. It doesn't in make my seven opinion, games. They don't. It doesn't make seven games. They're going to the Eastern Conference Finals if they don't blow that. So obvi- it's very clear that it's like it's a team effort. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not gonna put so blame on, on yeah, one yeah. guy because it's a team effort. And I do think that, um, like I said, they don't blow that game. We're not speaking about this at all. But I think when, it has to be Devin Booker. I mean, not Devin Booker. Sorry, Ben Simmons. I just it's kind of. It's insane. Like, you can't go out there in three games scoring nine points, uh, looking like you're afraid to shoot the ball. Like Embiid said, he thinks the turning point of game seven was, oh, we had a, oh, we had an open shot. Not even a shot, a dunk, really. Open dunk, and we made one free throw. You know what I mean? Like, he, it, it's just it, it's, it's funny because It's, it's funny because that play of Ben Simmons passing up the open, the open layup or even open dunk, he passed it, and then – as his teammate got fouled, he like flares his arm up. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, you could have just put it up and scored, but you gave it up. It's like, bro, you were right there. Like, you but, shouldn't be blaming anybody. But so, like, obviously, everyone's to blame for for the, for the series loss. But the, the reason why I ask is like, who do you put blame on the most? And Ben Simmons is a big chunk of that because, uh, although you did say nine points in three games, the dude I believe shot like three or four times. In the fourth quarter, all series, yeah, like in total, yeah, it's terrible. So <laughs> in total, and and like Shaq said on um on TNT, he uh he basically said like, I don't care if you miss, like, just be aggressive. Like, we know you can't shoot, but just be aggressive. That's how you were able to average fourteen points in the regular season. He he basically said in the regular season you average fourteen points. So come playoff time, you should be averaging no less than fourteen points. Like there's there's no reason for you not, especially as the second option on the team or the second star on, on the team. Yeah. He, so 100%. but he even went as far as I, saying if he was in his locker room, he would not he would have knocked him out. <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I've heard other players say it in the past too. Is like when you get to the playoffs, you have to ele- elevate your game when you're at that level. Sure. So there's no excuse. I mean, 100% I agree. If you're hitting 14 points in the regular season a game, you should be able to hit 14 points uh, per game in, in the playoff at least. 
but there's no reason he couldn't have at least elevated his game and gave the Sixers 18 to 20 points a night. There's no reason. And, I mean, the inability to shoot is not an excuse. Uh, there's been plenty of players in the league. Uh, I mean, I com- they compare him to LeBron James. LeBron James wasn't that great a, a shooter uh, in the very beginning of his career. Everybody knows that. They always said he wasn't a good three-point shooter. Don't think it was nearly as bad as Ben Simmons is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he relied so heavily on his athletic ability. Ben Simmons is such a great point guard. Why isn't he driving the paint? Uh, cause even then, if you're not shooting it, you're kicking out to somebody else. You're drawing in the defense. You're kicking out to the open man. Like there's so many more things you can do when you're not, a, there's so many things you can do when you're not a shooter. There's really no excuse for Ben Simmons at all. So, like, you know what I mean? Sorry, I, I think he definitely played his last game in Philly. Um, I, I, I think Philly, I said it before and I'll say it again. I think Philly needs to split it up and not try to run it back. The not saying that Ben Simmons is a scrub, although he definitely has work to do. I'm not saying he's a scrub because he definitely has talent um, and he definitely has stuff to offer for a team. But if you're gonna run the point, you definitely have to be able to create your own shot and and, and shoot. You definitely got to be aggressive. So he's he's got to fix. He got to work on his game. If not, then he's got to just play the four and bring up the ball here and there instead of being the primary ball, ball handler. So, but I, I think his time in Philly's done. Philly's not going to accept him. Or, like, I'm talking about Philly as in the, the fans. They're not going to want want him back. So, I, I think the best thing for the team is to keep Embiid. I know I talked about in the past to trade Embiid. It was probably the best because you could get more for him. But in this case, you just got to let Ben Simmons go. It's probably the best for both, both parties. I think Ben Simmons probably will do well elsewhere. But I'm I'm not quick to just put all the blame on Ben Simmons and yeah, I don't know oh, no, for sure. I, but I feel like a good chunk of this blame needs to go on Doc Rivers, and I've said it before on on our on our um on our NBA special at the end of season one. I think Doc Rivers is overrated. Not saying I'm not he's saying he's a bad coach. I, I'm no, I I'm just 100%. saying he's overrated. Everyone seems to put him at the higher echelon of. Uh, Coaches in the league currently, I don't. He's not a great coach. He, he's a good coach. And he seems to, you know, shrink up or curl up in the ball when when it, it comes down to, you know, big moments. And besides that, that the Celtics team that won a ring, what, ha, what has he done? Like, he's had talented rosters. Like, even early in his career, he had, he had um I believe it was uh, Grant Hill and... Um, and yeah, he had T Mac and Grant Hill to start his career in Orlando. Then it, he went to Boston and had that that team. Then he went to the Clippers and had CP3 and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. And what did he do? Absolutely nothing. Like yeah. that that blow the lead that they blew was on Doc Rivers. Like I get he's not on the court and he can't play, but it's on Doc Rivers. It's on coaching. He was out coached, plain and simple. And it's not the that wasn't his first rodeo and where he choked. I think in terms of like the biggest leads blown, uh, I think in playoff history, like Doc Rivers owns like multiple of those <laughs> blown leads. Yeah, he he owns the most. No, no, he has. I think he's number one on the list, but he's showed up on that list multiple times. So this is this oh, isn't yeah. his first rodeo. Uh, or the first instance where this has happened in his career. So, I'm, 
as soon as I seen that happen, I, I just looked I looked to him. And although Ben Simmons has underperformed or did underperform all series, I did look to him and say, this guy, this guy is what I thought he was. And, and that's yeah. overrated. 100%. No, I agree. And uh, speaking a little bit on <clears throat> whether Ben Simmons' tenure in, in Philly is done or not, I'm kind of up in the air about it because Philly has come out and stated that um, they plan on moving forward with Ben Simmons still. They feel like they know the work that needs to be done and they're going to do everything they can to help him. Um, so in that sense, it, make, it leads me to believe that Philly wants to give him another shot, one more shot at I least. For both um, but with that being said, I, I agree. But with that being said, that could be a smoke show. That could be, you know, yeah. that could be just a, a look to help him out, just to try to up his value a little bit just before you get rid of him. Um, and at the same time, like, I don't really know how you bring him back when, one, the fans in Philly probably never want to see him on a Philadelphia <laughs> uniform again. Um the other superstar player on their squad, uh, basically, I mean, he didn't try to, but how else was he really supposed to say it? I mean, Joel Embiid kind of shaded him um, in a way. He said, you know what I mean? What he said, what I said earlier is what what he said, and it was very clearly about Ben Simmons. We had an open shot, and we made a free throw. We made one free throw. Um, that was very clearly about Ben Simmons. Um, it wasn't the worst thing he could have said. And honestly, I think he was going really easy on Ben Simmons because he could have said a lot worse. Yeah, for sure. Um, but even but even so, just him saying that, I see it hard for me to believe that him and Ben Simmons are on the same court in the same uniform again. And third, Doc Rivers coming out and saying he doesn't know the answer to the question of whether or not Ben Simmons can be, uh, you know, a starting point guard on a on a championship team. Uh, when your coach doesn't have that confidence in you. Uh, it's kind of tough to go out there and play some basketball because it doesn't seem like Ben Ben has the confidence in his own self. Yeah. Um, so if he doesn't have his coach kind of helping instill that in him, I don't see where he's going to get it from. Um, and so that's what makes it tough for me to see that he's back in our Philly uniform next year. And he, I mean, he, he seems like he needs a change of scenery, so it'll probably be better off. I, I think it's similar to the Markel Fultz situation. Um, change of scenery definitely will benefit. Both parties, or not both, just both parties. The player in, in particular. No, both. No, no, both I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm specifically talking about the player now, uh, just because both going to Orlando, you see what that did to him, and you know his confidence and his mindset. So maybe it's just Philly. Philly's a tough place to play. So uh, maybe it's probably best for Ben Simmons to 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 be out. And a team that kind of intrigues me. I don't. To be honest, I don't know what would be a good landing spot for him. But a team that first came to mind, that I don't know how they'd make it work, but I'd be interested to see um, Dallas. In, in that case, they give Lucas some help. I mean, Ben Simmons brings something defensively. I mean, both him and Porzingis are both injury-prone, so it doesn't make a difference. Uh, but he's a better defender. Uh, he also can take off uh, some pressure for Luka in terms of ball handling. And if he can get his shot, like, at least improved slightly, like, that's something. But the least that they would need him to do is be aggressive in Dallas. And I, I think that would be an interesting pairing. I just don't know how it would necessarily work. But that that would be good. But enough with the Sixers. We got to talk about these Hawks. Because the, these Hawks, they surprised us in the first round against the Knicks. And then I had – so, all right, I'm going to be up front. I had the Hawks winning – this series, 
Only if MB didn't play. So, because there was questions that he was going to even play the series. The fact that he played the series, I was like, oh, this, this Sixers got it. And yeah. the Hawks took game one. I'm like, oh, shit. And ben, and Joel Embiid played that uh, that game. I'm like, ah, they'll, they'll rebound. They'll rebound. But they came out, and like you said before, they didn't blow that lead. The series would have been over. But the Hawks still had the balls to come back and take that game. Oh, and I think they won three games on the road this series. To win, to win the series, so that's a lot on on Trey Young. Although in this game, Trey Young didn't play his best ball. Uh, it was more Kevin Porter. Uh, so shout out to him; he kept them alive. But Trey Young, his 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 swag is giving this team so much confidence uh, moving forward. Although I think the rain stops in the Eastern Conference Finals, I I, I do I do think they're playing at a phenomenal level. They're proving everyone. Uh, they're surprising some folks. They're proving people wrong. And if, even if they don't win the Eastern Conference Finals, it's building their confidence uh, going forward as a team. But shout-out to Nate McMillan. I don't think he should have been fired in in, in uh, Indiana. But the fact that he was let go, and then he became an assistant with the Hawks under Lloyd Pierce, and then Lloyd Pierce got you know let go midseason, and they, turn, they turned it around under Nate McMillan. And although... He, the, he still holds the title of an interim head coach. I think the Hawks would be stupid to move on from Nate McMillan. I, I think I think yeah. he definitely deserves to stay and um, coach a full season. Like the dude is a good coach. I don't get why he just can't find a home at this point. Yeah. Now I'll say this: the 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 Hawks, in my opinion, or if it were my opinion, because they were done round one, in my opinion. Like I didn't see them making it out of that series. Uh, New York was playing uh, really good basketball. Julius Randle, most improved player, was playing really good basketball. Had it not been for some phenomenal players, could have you know been in serious you know conversation for MVP. Obviously, you know I'm not saying he should have won MVP, but he was definitely having a year in which he could have had some you know some weight in that conversation. However, the Hawks just came out and are you know they're just hitting on all cylinders. And so, like I said, for me. A long time ago, but they're just coming out and they're proving me wrong completely, and I love it. Um, but with that being said, I, I agree. I do think it ends in the Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of people do. A lot of people are kind of counting them out already, and that's what is kind of leading me to believe that, or not believe, but just kind of like hold my breath. Like I think they could actually, you know, get this done because the Bucks are obviously. Uh, in my, at least in my opinion, the better team. They're, the, they're clearly the better team. They got one of the best players in the league. Not that the Hawks don't. Trey Young. You know, Giannis has, you know, he's on another level. Um, obviously, people say he has no bag and they clown him. But, he doesn't. I mean, he's, yeah, but he's, <laughs> an MVP, he's an MVP player for a reason. Oh, yeah. Um, so, regardless of how you look at he's it, not, he's an MVP player for a reason. He's a superstar. Uh, he's a phenom. He's a great athlete. But... Uh, with that being said, like the Atlanta Hawks have surprised me already because after they lost to the Knicks, I'm like, there's no way they're beating the Sixers. They beat the Sixers, and now they're facing the Bucks, one of the best teams uh, in the NBA record-wise. I'm like, there's no way they're beating the Bucks. We don't know that yet, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's gonna happen yet. I still do think the Bucks uh, will win around uh, probably six games, um, but I will not be surprised, man. I won't be surprised at all. The Hawks are just fucking 
I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I said, I I didn't think they were making it this far at all. So yeah, more power to them. I, I hope we see a Hawks Suns finals just because. Yeah, because that is what sounds like the wildest shit I've ever heard. For, <laughs> like if for you told sure. Me a few years ago, if you told me a few years, few years ago we were gonna get a Hawks Suns final, I'd be like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, that's gonna be a three point party if it's the Hawks Suns finals. But oh, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> I in in I believe in the NBA special I talked about we I talked about um whether it was on camera or not. I, I talked about the Hawks. I think the Hawks were going to make the playoffs. So I, I did have the Hawks making the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that didn't surprise me that they made the playoffs, but it surprised me how much noise they're making. So, uh, so shout out to them. They're doing their thing. They're, they're bringing the swag to the court. Um, Trey Young, although we're just experiencing this, experiencing this now, but I guess uh, I think it was Draymond said um, he's glad that we can see how how big of a trash talker Trey Young truly is, but it's like he's embracing that villain mode everywhere he goes, which which is it's kind of, which yeah. is dope. And I think it's good for basketball. So no, hundred so percent. I, I love it. It's funny to me that the dude went into two of the most hostile environments in sports in, in terms of fan base. Yeah. Two of the most hostile environments: New York and Philly, and just like shut everybody up. Yep. You know, like, it didn't matter what fans were saying. Regardless, he just went. He played basketball, and his team won. Like, yeah. and and like you said, he's just playing with so much swagger. Like, he's talking so much shit. And it's kind of like the same thing with the Devin Booker situation. It's like, we're finally getting to see them in this light, and it's, like, fucking amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and I would love to see them uh, make the finals, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, yeah, and and, and it, I was quick. To like immediately when I just think of the series Bucks Hawks, I'm like, oh, Bucks are gonna win in four, <clears throat> right? That's my initial thought. Is like, oh, Bucks are gonna win in four. Like, who's stopping Giannis? No, because honestly, no one's stopping Giannis besides Giannis. Like, oh, yeah. he, the, the dude gets in his own head, and the dude has no back. He truly doesn't. He play. He he runs a QB draw every single fucking play, and that's why he's the best in terms of transition. Because no, you can't really stop him once he gets going. He's a freight train, but. Like and I re- and I said the dude needs to um, go hit up Phil Handy in the off season and get himself a bag because he's definitely talented. He just doesn't have much to his game, and he's just pure raw talent, pure uh, raw athleticism. So if you give him some skill, the dude's gonna be a problem. But yeah. and I think he's gonna be a problem because he's gonna be a mismatch and nightmare for the Hawks. However, I don't think it's gonna end in four. I agree with you. I think it's gonna end in six. The Bucks are gonna take it in six. And the reason why I give the Hawks two games is just because of the swag that they've been carrying for for uh, this entire playoffs. Like, we've been doubting them since the beginning, and they seem to prove everyone wrong. So I, I think yeah. they're going to prove people wrong and taking some games, and they're going to make people question whether they're going to push a Game 7. But I think the Hawks, not the Hawks, the Bucks, in the end, let's say Game 6, will somehow find a win to win a close one to end the series. So I think it'll be a tough series uh, for the Bucks to win. But I just think the Bucks, in terms of talent, they just have better talent, like especially yeah. at top end talent. Like they have Drew Holiday, they have Chris Middleton, who's on any given night you don't know what to get from them. But Harvey, shout out Harvey, he's been on the show. He said it best: the Bucks are as are as good on any given night, depending what. Uh, depending on how Chris Middleton plays that night, like, yeah. they they are as good as Chris, uh, Chris Middleton 
when, when he plays that, that given night. And and yeah, against, the, against the, the Nets in Game 7, he's playing lights out. And look, they won. So... Yeah, no, and it, it's true. I mean, you can see it. Uh, so what Harvey said is completely true. It's almost like, obviously, you know, Giannis is Giannis. Like, he's an MVP player. He's a superstar caliber. But really, the Bucks are going to only go as far as Middleton takes them. Yeah. And that's just it, – it's very clear as day because whether he – when when he had good games, just like Harvey said, it, it it's 100% true. Like, when he's had his good games, they've won. And when he just – isn't fucking shooting. He's not. He's not scoring. Like they they don't win, and that's just. It's literally. It's undeniable. It's right there in your face. Yeah. It's kind of screaming at you. So it's funny how that works. Uh, but to speak a little bit about like about the Hawks swagger, like you were saying, um, I agree a hundred percent. I think a lot of that just has to do with confidence as well. Like I feel like confidence makes all the difference in the world because it makes you know. It's it's weird how like it makes good players look great and i mean we've seen it i mentioned cameron Payne for the suns earlier as did you like he's playing with a ton of confidence and he looks like a completely different player like he's going out there against guys that he shouldn't be and he's just balling on them. like you know what i mean and that's just the, what confidence does it looks exactly the way that it did for tyler harrell and duncan robinson last year dudes were just playing with a ton of confidence and a big reason for that is just Obviously, their team camaraderie, like Jimmy Butler was a great leader for them. So I think a lot of it had to do with that. But just like I said, the confidence was, was just there. Like, they were so confident. They they went up, like, played against the Lakers in the championship. Obviously, they didn't win, but Tyler Harrell was fucking making, you know, faces like he was the man against fucking LeBron James. Like, you know what I mean? So uh, when you play with that type of confidence, it just elevates you like, like crazy. And it's kind of like what they say. When you when you see one like if you're struggling, once you see that first shot going, it's like that's all you need. Like, and it's kind of the same thing. Like that first shot, it gives you confidence. It's like when you're playing with confidence, it almost feels like you're unstoppable. Sometimes you are. And, and to move on and talk about the last series in the conference semi, uh, I picked the Nets in seven, and that was you know uh-huh. that was prior that was prior to you know the injuries and whatnot. And I do think if they were healthy. They would advance, would have advanced, but things happen. I mean, this playoffs it just seems like stars are dropping like flies with injury, and it could be because of the short turnaround, uh, short off season. But the although they they were hurt and hobbled, KD literally played every minute. Uh, he played lights fucking out. He's proved why he's one of the, one of if not the best player in the world. Um, it's just. He was gassed at the end of the day, come game seven in the, in o- overtime, and he was literally a toenail away from uh, taking taking the the Bucks out. But it just wasn't enough. They went to overtime, and the Bucks were able to uh, finish it. And although I didn't have the Bucks in seven, you did. So let, speak on it, sir. Um. So I'll say this just very quickly, like. Obviously, KD, KD's lights out. Like, dude, like I said, uh, everybody was kind of exhausted at the end of that game. Dude played 53 minutes. Um, that shit was wild. Um, but he went he went lights out, 48 points, almost dropped a 50 bomb. Um, but just the the Bucks just had what it took to kind of outlast them, and that's all it really was because um, it almost seemed like KD kind of had the Brooklyn Nets on his back. And what really bothered me a little bit, about the Bucks Nets uh, series, 
or even just Game 7 if we want to talk about Game 7 because when it's a 3-3 series, I don't give a fuck. You're playing one game. Like, regardless of how the rest of those games went, this is the last game. When you go home, you win, you're moving on. So, 3-3, forget about the rest of it. It's 0-0 right now. And the biggest issue I have with Game 7 is I feel like James Harden is getting off really easy right now. Um, and I'm kind of surprised. I think he's getting off really easy. He had 22 points, no doubt. 22 points uh, is great. Um, but when you carry yourself the way James Harden does, and you know you're basically for the past two two years, he's felt like he was snubbed for MVP. And I can't argue whether or not he was or not. Like you know what I mean? Like he definitely had some yeah. MVP caliber seasons. But when you're complaining every year about how you're getting snubbed for MVP, uh, how you think you're one of the best players in the world, <clears throat> when you say you're one of the greatest scorers ever, when you know analysts are coming out and comparing you to Kobe Bryant and saying you're probably already a better scorer than him, you're probably the best scorer we've ever seen. Like when when the media is coming out and saying all this, how do you come out and one only score 22 points? Because 22 is not a bad game. But when you're the greatest scorer ever, or one of the ever, you cannot drop only 22 points in a game seven. Not to mention that it was on five of 17 shooting, which is not even 30%. That's 29%. That's 29.4%. So that's why I feel like he's getting off easy. I'm not saying 22 points is a bad game. But when it's on 29% shooting, you're supposed to be one of the greatest scorers ever. I just think he's getting off easy. I think Durant having to go out there and score 48, if you put up 30 at least, you win that game. And, and even on a more – even 22 on a more efficient night. I, you know what I mean? I just yeah. – I feel like he's getting off easy, and that's why it bothers me because I feel like it's any other superstar player, and they're getting ripped apart. Yeah. And I just haven't heard anybody really – Give Kate, give Harden anything. And, and my my thing and, is my thing is since the series has ended, a lot of people are comparing Kevin Durant to LeBron at the moment. Like, oh, LeBron carried this team or worst team to the finals or what have you. And it's not like Kevin Durant didn't do everything he possibly could have done to to win that series, but the dude really had no help. Like his his, his two sidekicks. Yes, they were sidekicks, even though as great of players as they are. They both were injured. Like, Kyrie got hurt and didn't play the rest of the series. James Harden was hurt, yes, and he re-aggravated it game one, but he managed to come back. And to be honest, I was surprised that he even had 22 points, uh, yeah. especially after the way he played the, the, the two games prior. Like, when, when he when they, when they in game five, when Kevin Durant really needed James Harden and he, showed up, he just showed up in terms of being on the court, he looked like he didn't need it. He, he looked like he shouldn't have been there. Like he, it was just more, and, it was more of his presence being felt. Uh, uh, and the they might have been better off without him. Yeah, and but the only reason why the Nets won that game, yes, Kevin Durant played out of his fucking mind, but Jeff Green like stepped up and gave uh, Kevin Durant the help that he needed to win that game. So game six was another story, but game seven, they really, really, he really needed someone to step up. Jeff Green gave his all in game five and never showed up again. <laughs> uh, and James Harden, yes, I was surprised he had 22 points, but the fact that he had 22 points, like, you, you're saying he's one of the greatest shooters 
ever. Like, there's no question, but there's people who are saying that he is the greatest shooter, the, shooter, the greatest shooter ever, or what have you. But, like, he, he's amazing at what he does. And, yes, he had a hamstring injury, and I get you're kind of hindered. And if, should you have been healthy, it would have probably been another story. But it's game seven. You got to give it your all. And you're shooting. I don't I don't know much, so I'm not going to say it. Like, he, I, I feel your pain in saying, like, he definitely is getting off a little easy. But I do say that, like, his injury did play a part. But in game seven, 100%. when you when you had 22 points, in terms of efficiency, like you said, he shouldn't have been shooting as bad as he as he was. Like he, yeah. especially at the caliber of a player that you are, especially in what the strength of your game, which is shooting, you shouldn't have yeah. been shooting that that bad efficiently wise. Yeah, and not even yeah, and not only just that. Like, I'm not I'm not for slandering players. Like, uh, you know, like props to all these guys. Like, they they fucking work their asses off, even when they have bad games. Like, it's understood. Like, shit happens. I just like I said, I just think he's let off easy in the sense that, you know, when LeBron James is struggling because he's hurt, it's you know what I mean. Like, he's getting ripped apart. Mm-hmm. Eight, you know, it didn't stop anybody from calling AD street clothes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're clowning on all these guys. You can't have it both ways. Like, you can't just clown on the players you want you because you don't choose. like them. You can't pick and choose. Like, it, it's the same. It's the same, like like Quavo said. You know, it's, it's a big baby. He's like, he's like, dudes are clowning AD when he's hurt, but, you know, like, what about you, big big baby? Like, you were hurt. Like, no, nah, I can't clown you because he's like, it's the same thing. Oh, like, Perkins. You Perkins. Can't just, it was Perkins. Or, yeah, yeah, Perkins, Perkins. It's, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you can't, you just, it's, it's stupid. Like, in, in, in general, like I said, I'm not for clowning players when they're hurt or when they're playing bad. Like, I think it's stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these guys work hard when they have bad nights. Like, yeah. it is what it is. But I'm just saying, like, in the sense of, these dudes being ripped apart, why is it one way for one player and another way for another player? Hold everybody accountable if that's the case. Yeah. And whether or not his hamstring was bothering him, he played the game. You know what I mean? Like, you played the game. If you are hurt, like, I get it. Props to you for playing hurt, but don't then use that as an excuse for why you played bad if you do play bad. Then just don't play. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's the same. it's the same when a fighter comes in to a fight and then loses and makes some random ass excuse. It's like if you knew that was the case going into the fight, like then don't fight. You know, just to then just use that as your excuse for not winning. It's yeah. the same thing, and it's just ridiculous. It's like to go out there and play your game and play it the way you got to play it. And, it's it's funny that you you know deal with the consequences. It's funny that you mentioned like that was your only issue with with this series. My issue with the series. So first off. This this is an issue, but I just want people to stop slandering Kevin Durant, like because they lost. Although I slandered the Nets only to you know Maj, shout out Maj. He's been a Nets fan since you know the New Jersey days. But only reason why I slandered. Actually, wearing the suddenly famous gear. Yep, suddenly famous that. gear. Shout out, shout out, <laughs> suddenly famous. Go go cop some merch when they drop some. But um, yeah. But the only reason why I was joking with Maj and stuff like that is because when the Lakers lost, he was clowning them. So it was just payback in, in a sense. He was like, uh, but Kevin Durant is still one of my, well, he's still my favorite small forward of, of all time. The dude played spectacular all season long, um, especially coming off of an Achilles injury. The way that he played is just mind blowing. Like then he showed out in the playoffs. 
Like, stop slandering the man. He did what he had to do. He just truly didn't have, you know, the the supporting cast to get him to the next round. Because they were inches away from, literally inches. It was his, if he was a half, like you said, if he was a half shoe size smaller, they would have <laughs> yeah. been in the next round. So, Kevin Durant truly literally. hit the big shots he needed he, that he needed to to necessarily win. Come over time, yes, he didn't perform, but the dude was gassed. Like, he... The only thing, the only thing that you could say about bad about Kevin Durant is the fact that he airballed the last three. Yeah, but the last one—that's the only bad thing you could say. Dude played fifty-three minutes. He was exhausted. Had you know defense all upon him and missed the three-point shot. Like it is. My only issue with the series was the fact that Giannis came out and said, "Kevin Durant, he's the best player in the world." Mind you, this is coming from one of the best players in the world, the two-time MVP and defensive player. Wait, is he two-time MVP? He's a, he's a former MVP yeah, and yeah, former yeah. defensive player. Back to back. Yeah, he's. I think he went yeah, back to he's back. He's former MVP, former defensive player of the year, and you're calling another man the best player in the world when you should. Although, like it might be true, you should have that. Per- yeah. You should have that confidence in. Oh, I'm the best player in the world. And, and, well, and what, just, what made it even worse yeah. is that he watched his teammates get cooked. All, <laughs> like, not, it was all game five, but pretty much the whole series, he watched them get cooked. And he didn't be like, oh, I'm the defensive player of the year. Let me go guard the best player, the guy I call the best player in the world. Like, like <laughs> maybe I have the best chance of stopping him. Not You're not going to stop Kevin Durant. But maybe I have the best chance of slowing him down. Like, you have the frame to, to you know... Give him problems, but it's 100%. like he's spooked. I, I, I think Giannis is just being honest with himself. He knows he knows just like we do. He has no bag. <laughs> one, um, and two. I think Harvey Harvey again. Shout out Harv. Uh, he's been on the show for our NBA episode. You guys know who's, who we're talking about. Um, shout out Harv. But he, I think he said it best when he said that he thinks Giannis needs to understand. Nobody's expect like nobody's expecting you to go out there and completely lock up KD. Yeah. Like, we're not going to clown you if KD goes out there and drops 30 points on your head. But we don't want – or not that we don't want, but you don't want him scoring 48. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? So nobody's expecting Giannis to to go out there and and, and completely stop KD because it's just not going to happen. No one can stop like, him. it's not going to happen. Nobody can. Um, but I just think, like, like, like Harv said, like, you just need to go out there and play that defense. You're Defensive Player of the Year for a reason – you got more just as much length as he does. Probably the the best fit person on your team to guard him. Um, and like we said, he was exhausted. He was exhausted in overtime. Um, just just the fact that your presence on defense is there, um, he probably would have been that more ti- that much more tired yeah. having a defensive player like you on him all exactly. game. Exactly. So if he dropped thirty on you and you made it tough on him all game. Like that's a tough thirty. Like he, you could be, like it, you could have had really great defense, but it was just better offense. Like he earned, you could say he earned that thirty points. Whereas if you let him cook your teammates for forty eight, like you're, it was basically easy buckets, easy pickings. Like he he went up court, it was like oh easy bucket, swish. Like he he knows like oh I don't, I'm, they're not gonna give me a problem. Whereas if Giannis is guarding him. Giannis is big. He's strong. Like this is gonna be this is gonna be a battle. 
But no, he he, he didn't have that mindset, and I think mentally he just isn't there yet. Um, and, and Phil Handy, I don't know if you guys if you if you heard um the all the smoke uh, podcast interview with, with Phil yeah. Handy on it. He talked about when he was with the Raptors, and um, I forget who who uh he was he was talking about in particular about in in the run. Uh, <clears throat> oh, fuck, who did the Raptors play? Um. That this, they they played the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. They played the Warriors in the Finals. They played. Uh, I, f- I forget who. Are you talking about the year they? Won yeah, it? the year they won it. I I don't remember who they played. Are you talking about first round who they played? Uh, I, f- I f- oh I think it was the Bucks. I think it was the Bucks. They were playing the Bucks, um, and he basically said that they went into the game, uh, and were like uh, the Nick Nurse was like, oh, we're gonna make some adjustments for next game. And we'll get back to you. And Kawhi was like, "the uh, the adjustment is I'm guarding the eyes. And, and, yep, and then I, and then I, they I walked out. That, yep. And that was it. He so he basically said, "Yeah, that like Kawhi is like Terminator. He truly is like what the Terminator yeah. is. And that's he knew what he yeah. And that's do. what we expected from Giannis. Like at halftime of Game Five, he should have realized Kevin Durant is frying these these guys. So <laughs> he should have been like, Coach." The adjustment we're making in the second half is on guard and KD. Like, that's it. And it, from that point on in the series, he should have been, even though he should have been guarding in game one, he that from that point on, he should have been guarding him for the rest of the series. But he didn't. And, yeah, that's, that, and that's my only issue with this series. Although it was a great series, yeah. I loved it. That was my only issue. I I actually agree, though. I agree, I agree completely. I, I also did have issue with that because I completely agree and, like again, like we said, nobody's expecting you to stop him. Like you know what I mean. Like, but I guarantee you, guarantee, if Giannis is guarding him all game, he's not having forty eight. He might have thirty, thirty five. He's not gonna have forty eight. It's hard to get forty eight tough buckets. Like we saw how exhausted the guy was after dropping forty eight. He would have been tired. Physical, a physical, a big physical guy like Giannis who got the same length as you guarding you all game. It would have been a way different. It would have been a, a way not. I won't say a way different series. I think it still could. I think it still could go seven. But I don't think the Bucks have to work nearly as hard to finish games out either. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it, it was an amazing series. I I know I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I'm just happy that we're gonna get a fresh face as a champion. It's it's no. definitely you know rejuvenating just to get you know something different, but. It makes that next year that much more exciting because all these teams that yeah. are currently left are building confidence. They're they're gonna carry that into next season. But not only that, the two favorites to have made the finals. Yeah, we missed out on the Lakers Nets finals, but who's to say we don't get that next year? And both teams yeah, with a with healthier, both teams are are gonna get healthier. Both teams have a chip on their shoulder. So this both teams are probably gonna get better. Yep. Deeper. So th- and this is gonna be an interesting uh, off season, and and next year's gonna be interesting, but. I'm interested to see how this year finishes out. I know you talked about the Suns making it to the finals and winning it all. Who do you have coming out the East? I know I have the Bucks coming out of the East. I'm assuming you have the Bucks as well. Yeah, like I said, I, I definitely think the the Hawks can uh, make some noise. That's why I won't even bother disrespecting them again because I already yeah. did all the rest of the rounds um, by saying they weren't going to win any of them. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think they'll definitely surprise some people. Um, I think they're capable of taking this to six. I won't be surprised if it even gets to seven, but I do think the Bucks take it. 
Um, but like I said, I will not be surprised if the Hawks get it done. They're just yeah. playing with a, with a different kind of swagger right now. And and again, like I said earlier, confidence is everything. Um, that might be what it takes just for them to to kind of get past these Bucks, is because yeah. Bucks don't look like like they they're a very good team, which we both agree they're they're the better team. Uh, but something that they don't have that the Hawks do have is confidence. Um, and we can see that very clearly because they come – you don't know what you're going to get the, out of the Bucks night in and night out. Sure. And that's the issue with the Bucks. Um, and so that could – and so that's why I say I won't be surprised if the Hawks win. However, I don't think they do. Uh, but they do have enough confidence in which the Bucks lack. So, so I think we're going to get a Bucks uh, Suns, Suns finals. finals. I agree, and I have the Suns winning in six. Um, and I, I think Budenholzer, he, he saved his job for at least one more series. Because if they lost against the Nets, he would have been fired. And I wouldn't have... Although he's a good coach, I don't think that would have been the bad decision or to fire him. Uh, so he at least saved his job for one more... Se- although I do think even if they win the championship, they should fire him. Just because <laughs> I, I think they just need to move in a different direction. I think the only way his job is saved is if they, one, make the finals and win it. He might save his job if they just make the finals and lose. But if they win it, for sure, I think that's the only way his job will be saved. Or just make the finals in general. But he at least saved his job for one more series. If the Hawks pull off this upset, he's gone. But I'm picking the Suns in six. I think I said it when they beat the Lakers. I think the Suns are going to win it all. And I really hope, really hope that that's the case. But I'm going to say like this. I know I said that Devin Booker is my second favorite player in the league. But if he goes out... And wins Finals MVP. I'm copying myself a Devin Booker jersey, and that's it. No, no, and I, and I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if you remember. I said I think uh, he will get his first Finals and or first champ and chip and first Finals MVP this season. However, DeAndre Ayton is my dark uh, my dark horse for the uh, Finals MVP. I think he could come out have a series, uh, especially if he comes out and does it against another big man like Giannis. Obviously, Giannis. Um, Giannis is, you know, like we said, very good defender. Um, he'll probably shy away from guarding Devin Booker outside the perimeter as well, just like he did KD. Um, but I won't be surprised. Aiton looks like he's gotten a lot better. It looks like he's got a lot of confidence as well. Um, and he's finally kind of coming into his own, kind of becoming that player that people expected him to be when he was drafted a few years ago. So it's it's pretty cool to see that too. Um, and I know you were talking about fresh faces uh, winning the championship. Uh, it's not just, and I, I don't know how you meant that, but it's not even just cool to see that there's kind of going to be a fresh franchise to win it uh, because none of these teams have won. Uh, there's two of them that haven't won at all. And there's two of them that what, haven't won since the, the, yeah. And there's two of them that haven't won since the merger. Um, so it'd be definitely a fresh uh, championship in terms of teams. Uh, but we're going to see some new, uh, some fresh superstars and stuff too. Like Chris Paul doesn't have one yet. You know what I mean, Giannis doesn't have one yet. Devin Booker doesn't have one yet. Trey Young doesn't have one yet. So even just seeing that is uh, phenomenal. Um, so I'm excited, and, honestly. And, I mean, as a Lakers fan, even 100, percent even as a Lakers fan, like as much as it fucking sucked uh, seeing us lose, as much as it, it has not been like it's playoff basketball. I love playoff basketball, but it's, it's not the same when when the Lakers got eliminated. Like it just wasn't the same for me sure. um, because you know it's my team. But obviously, still having watched it, like. It's been phenomenal. It's been fun. And uh, even though we're out, I am excited to see, like, two teams 
get to the finals that I really have no, you know, no dog in the fight, but, you know, just got to just get to watch good basketball without having to be stressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and it's funny because when, when the playoffs started or playoffs were approaching, I told my cousin Eli, he was on the show, shout out Eli. Um, I told him when we were talking basketball, I was like, as a Laker fan, the one team I don't want to play in the first round is the Suns. And it's not that I know I said the, the Suns were a better matchup than for the Lakers than the Jazz were, which I still stand on. But I just didn't want to see the Suns in the first round because I knew what they were capable of. And the, to see the success or see how well they're performing in this playoffs, although I'm bummed that the Lakers lost in in the first round, it kind of makes it puts me more at ease that we lost because of how well the Suns are performing. Like I know there's. Like yes, if AD was healthy, we we could advance. But like, the Suns are are showing that even if AD was healthy, it's not guaranteed that we could have you know made it out. So it, it 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 definitely makes it easier. But what's dope is three of the four coaches remaining are are minority. They're black. So uh, shout out to them. Hopefully one of them can you know pull out uh, NBA Finals uh, this year and. Uh, Hey, uh, that's all we have. I, I know I said Suns and yeah. Six uh, for the finals. What about you? Um, I feel like I got to get there first. But <laughs> if it is if it is the series that I expect to see, uh, Phoenix Bucks. Um, obviously, if if it's a different series, we'll get there when we get there. Yep. But Phoenix, if it's Phoenix, uh, Milwaukee, <sighs> Suns and Seven. Okay, I think Suns and Seven. All righty, you heard it here first. So. We both have, you know, Suns, Bucks. I have it in six. He has it in seven. If it's not that series, we will, you know, come back to it and, and let you know our predictions. But the Suns are taking it in our eyes. Uh, so let us know in the comments below who you guys have making it out of the each conference and who's your pick to win it all. Um, and let us know your opinion on anything we talked about uh this uh, this episode. So if you, you're you're mad that we said something uh, in particular. Go ahead. We're up for it. We want to debate with you. That's that's what we're here for. So uh, make sure to comment. Make sure to you know like, follow, subscribe if you haven't already. Show some love. And um, we have something brewing. So we have our bonus episode this this month. I know you guys have been waiting. And uh, we have our first interview on the show. And it's definitely, it was definitely dope to experience, and we're excited to to share it with you all. So, um, stay tuned. It's going to be dropping on Monday. Uh, Javon, I don't know if you want to add anything. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. So we just recorded our first Balls Deep interview with uh, an athlete. Uh, stay tuned for who it is. Um, it was definitely fun. Um, like Devin said, it was fun. So stay tuned for that. Um, you know, show some love, leave comments, uh, like, follow, subscribe. Um, and show some love to our boys at Expansion Pack as well. As always, they're hilarious if you love gaming. Um, but really, that's all I have to add, man. Just appreciate you guys always, as always, uh, for watching and, and uh, you know, listening to our insight and following us for as long as you have, however long that may be. Alrighty, and that's all. Until next time, peace. Deuces. You're talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. <laughs>
My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.